Gaming is a hobby many of us enjoy, and for most of us, it's a hobby that we have enjoyed for the majority of our lives. The video game industry has grown and changed so much since the start of our fandom, and we have all grown and changed with it. But how did us growing up affect the games that we played? And how did the games industry's growth affect us as we grew? Welcome to Insert Coin, where we take a walk down memory lane to answer those very questions and discuss our personal history with video games. One quarter at a time. Hey, what's up and welcome everyone to the first episode of Insert Coin. This is a new concept for an interview show I thought of as I really, really love chatting about video games with people, especially when it comes to their history with games. Before we jump in though, I just wanted to take a second to explain how this show works. It's a very complex formula and it's going to take a while, so bear with me. What we're basically going to do is take our age divided by four, and use each quarter point in our lives as a reference point to discuss what video games meant to us at that point in time, what games we were playing, and what our best memories of that era were. And, and that's it, guys. It's actually not that complicated. Being that this is the first episode of Insert Coin, though, I thought it would make sense to do an interview with myself to serve as a baseline for what future guests can expect from the show. I would love to talk to any of you out there, so please hit me up on socials if you do enjoy this episode and you have any interest in being part of the show. So now that you know how it works, let's jump right into the first quarter of my life, which brings us to the fantastic year of 1998. In the cutthroat video game industry, one word seems to be all-powerful. The graphics, the graphics, the graphics. Better graphics means it's more realistic. Hey, plumber boy, mustache man, your worst nightmare has arrived. Critics agree, Metal Gear Solid is an absolute masterpiece. We took this back and twisted Metal 3 with enough weapons to make any angry driver happy. When it comes to video games, the more bits, the better, and the new machine from Nintendo is as good as it gets. Introducing Super Smash Brothers, where all your favorite characters go toe-to-toe -to -toe in one four-player star-studded slam fest. Sega. Ah, uh, 1998. A simpler time. The war between Sega and Nintendo was nearly over, and just when the world was ready to crown Nintendo as the king of video games, a new challenger entered the fray to change how we played games forever. Literally, like they changed from cartridges to CDs. Except, at this point, I was eight years old, and I had literally no idea that any of this was happening. The first question is, what devices did 
you game on? What was your favorite device and do you remember how you got it or the circumstances surrounding how that console or PC or whatever it was you were using came into your life? Well, until this point, uh, I was eight. I remember having a NES and an SNES. Uh, I loved to play the usual suspects like your Mario's, your Zelda's, but I definitely have a lot of love for a random game called Gr Guerrilla War uh, for NES. It's essentially kind of a basic shoot 'em up. I think it was set in Vietnam. I remember there being lots of trees. The bullets you shot out were like little white circles, which is pretty cool. But I remember playing that game a lot with my friends uh, in, in co-op uh, and also with my dad. I just remember for some reason that game always sticks out in my head, although I don't think I've literally played it since since probably I got my Super Nintendo because uh, my parents got rid of every console I had once I got a new one. Uh, and for Super Nintendo, I really, really, really love the game Demon's Crest. I really wish I still had my physical copy of that. Uh, that game has easily the best, one of the best anyways, introductions, like first kind of impression, first stage of the game uh, that I've ever played, especially in that era. Essentially, you spawn in this random castle with this ominous music playing and, and you hear these like insane footsteps, like super loud bassy footsteps and this like dragon head kind of like makes its its presence known behind you in, in the foreground. And then it comes into uh, the main the main view and you have to fight this huge dragon before you even know how to jump, which was like really cool. But uh, if I'm being honest, well, I definitely love those consoles and I loved playing video games. Uh, it was something that me and my friends always liked to do. Um, I loved my Batman, the animated series Batmobile and my small soldiers, commander chip hazard action figure, like just as much as I liked those video game consoles uh, in my mind at that point. Anyway, keep in mind, I'm like four or five. Um, those video game consoles and video games was just kind of like another toy in the toy box. And I mean, honestly, my parents obviously felt the same as they threw away all the boxes, cases and manuals that all the games came with not knowing that essentially what they were throwing in the garbage was like the 90s equivalent to cryptocurrency, which sucks because uh, I don't have any of that stuff anymore. But uh, all of that really changed with the PlayStation. Uh, right around that time that the PlayStation launched, I was kind of at that age where I was watching more TV, seeing more commercials, I was reading flyers, um, and just overall I was more susceptible to being influenced by those types of things. Like in the outside world, I wasn't, I guess I was sheltered in my room. Um, I watched countless episodes of uh, video and arcade top 10 and uh, electric playground, which were, I don't know if they were global, but they were definitely very popular in Canada. They were video game t television shows uh, that just kind of had showed people playing them. They're kind of basically essentially ads, although um, Electric Playground had a lot of reviews with their reviews on the run series, which is like, was my favorite show for probably a decade straight. Like the majority of my childhood, that was my all time favorite show, uh, Electric Playground. And it's still on today. It's actually, uh, I think the longest running video game related show ever. And it's Canadian, which is really cool. Awesome podcast spawned out of that as well called Vic's Basement. Definitely recommend checking that out. But, uh, Essentially, I bought into all of the hype surrounding the PlayStation, like hook, line, and sink, sinker. And it's like the first console that I can remember being like super obsessed about wanting. Uh, in terms of how I got it, there's actually kind of a funny story to that. Um, 
It had come out, I believe, I'm probably going to get this wrong. I think it came out in 1997. And I didn't really kind of, I guess, obsess over wanting it until probably early 1998. And uh, I can remember like just getting so hyped about it, like seeing all the trailers for games and like all the reviews for, for the launch games and stuff like that on, on electric playground. And it was always featured in video in arcade top 10 along with Nintendo 64. But I remember thinking like, Oh my God, CD games. That's so cool. Um, the graphics are so cool. I had no concept of, of load times. Like that wasn't even a question to me, but I just thought it was awesome. Like they were basically targeting me directly with their marketing and, and it really, really worked. So how I got it, um, I basically told my parents like in the spring of 1998 that that's what I want for Christmas. And then they kind of just brushed it off or whatever. Summer comes around. They asked me what I want for Christmas because like that's kind of when they start probing you. At least my parents did. And I told them PlayStation and they're like, look, that's too expensive. There's no way that we can afford that. And I was like, no, that's what I want. (laughs) So I really had no concept of money. And I kind of thought they were bluffing because like at this point, I the stuff I was asking for was like, a small soldier's chip hazard doll, which was probably like 20 bucks. So like I was not used to things costing too much or asking for things that cost too much. So fall comes around. They're asking me what I want for Christmas. I said, Sony PlayStation. (laughs) And they're like, we can't afford it. We weren't like super wealthy either. So like, I can't believe that, uh, that I was even asking for that. If I had any concept of, of our family's, I guess, finances and stuff like that, I, I probably wouldn't have asked for it. But I said, that's what I want. And I stuck to it. And then I think it was probably early to mid December. My dad's like brought me in his room and he's like, sat me down. He's like, listen, um, I need you to think of something else that you want for Christmas because we just can't afford a PlayStation. Like, look at this. He pulls a flyer, shows me how much it is. And he's, and he tried to like explain that it's like super, super expensive and it's just not going to be in the cards. Right. And me being like eight or I guess at that point I would say I would be seven. I was just like super stubborn. I was like, no, if you don't get me a PlayStation, then don't get me anything at all. Just give more presents to my sisters or whatever. The only thing I want is a PlayStation. If I don't get a PlayStation, then I don't want anything else. You can even you can even count it as my birthday present too. my birthday is like early January. So it's like right after Christmas. I was like, it's all I want. I don't want anything else. And he's like, then he, I guess, like got a little bit like mad for obvious reasons. And he was like telling me, fine, you're not going to get anything that you want then because there's no chance you're getting a PlayStation. And then I stormed out. I went to my room and I'm just like half of me. Well, I would say probably more like 90% of me is like pretty pissed because I'm pretty convinced I'm not getting a PlayStation at all. Anyways, Christmas morning comes around. Uh, My tradition for Christmas was I would wake up at like 4 a.m. and kind of like investigate the presents and try to. Like, you know, shake them and stuff like that under the tree to try to figure out what's there. Uh, There's one box that I'm pretty sure is a PlayStation. So I'm like super excited and uh, wake up for Christmas. Our family makes us eat breakfast before we can open our presents. And uh, uh, they make us open our stockings first, which is like, (laughs) like, I don't know, like toothbrushes and stuff, which I'm like, I'm like very antsy at this point. I'd like want to open this present. And then they're like, okay, you can pick what one you want to open first. And so I grab the one I think is a PlayStation. Uh, I open it and it's like shoes or something like that. Like it's not a PlayStation at all. Nothing even close to it. So I'm like, okay, well maybe I like, I I didn't actually know what the box looked like for the PlayStation. I never like, there was no unboxing videos on YouTube in 1997. So uh, 
I was like, maybe the box is smaller. Maybe it's bigger. I don't know. Like one of these has to be a PlayStation, right? It's Christmas. Come on. And so I open all my presents um, and uh, there's no, um, there's no PlayStation. So I'm like, I did get some cool stuff. Like I got some cool toys, got some nice clothes and all that stuff. Like, like a normal kid, like a, like a respectable kid should probably be pretty happy to get what, what I got. Um, but I was being like a little brat. I was like moping and sitting around and my mom's like, you have to help clean up. And I was like, no, I'm not helping clean up. I just want to go to my room. And my dad like, is <laughs> like, why, like, why are you being so spoiled? Blah, blah, blah. You got all these gifts, blah, blah, blah. Like, and I was just like being a total brat. And, uh, anyways, he's like, oh, there's one more present here for you. And I like jump out of my seat. I'm like, so hyped. I'm like, well, well, this is it. This is it. And he gives it to me and it's a card. Like that was like stuck in the back of the tree, a Christmas card. And I literally took the card and I threw it back at the tree. And I said, I don't want to open that. And he's like, Eric presents it. You get in your chair right now. When you open this card, stop being like so ungrateful. Like yada, yada, like pretty reasonable reaction in my opinion. But, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm like, fine, open the card and it's not a card in, it's actually a letter like a pretty long letter. And I won't re I won't, I can't remember everything that it said, but it was something along the lines of like, uh, talking about how there's so many kids out there that, that can't, uh, get a lot for Christmas. Uh, our family, like, like some families like can't like spend all kinds of money on their kids. Uh, you don't always get what you want for Christmas, but you should be grateful for, for what you do get. And, uh, I'm like choking up a little bit, recanting the story. But, um, at the end of the letter, it said like, but sometimes you do, uh, look under the chair that you're sitting on right now. (laughs) And, uh, I look under the chair and there's a box and, uh, in the box, there's a, there's a fucking PlayStation. And I like literally, and bawling, like crying like crazy. Like I wish that like my family had a video camera at that point because it would have been an awesome thing to watch. Like full of dude. I'm actually a little like I'm actually legit crying right now, <laughs> like talking about this, which is a little bit embarrassing. But anyway, uh yeah, there was a PlayStation in there. And uh like I learned a lot about um like kind of accepting what what you get in life and like uh um being grateful for what you have and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, that, that was like a huge impact on me when, uh, when I was younger and yeah, that's, <laughs> that's how I got a, a PlayStation. Uh, yeah. And, uh, so what was my favorite games on the PlayStation, which was my favorite console and, and why? So the, the PlayStation came with crash bandicoot, which, uh, I really, really, really love. Um, I, I love the, the remake collection that they released recently, but I played a ton of that game and my dad rented um, a racing game because like he was like, I think he knew that he was going to do this the whole time. So he was kind of probing like stealthily, like what games I might like. And I really, really wanted Twisted Metal, uh, Twisted Metal. Yeah, Twisted Metal 1, I think was the game, the commercial I saw like at the time. And I couldn't remember what it was called. So I just said, I want the car game. And he got me like a racing game. I can't remember what it was, but it wasn't the game I wanted. He he actually had uh, he had rented it from uh, the video store before Christmas. Like he, we we were really good friends with the guy that owned the video video store, the local video store. So he rented that. Um, and I didn't really like. I think it was like Porsche racing or something like that. Um, but I love Crash Bandicoot uh, on Boxing Day. Uh, 
he took me back to the store and the, the guy at the store named Peter uh, from Peter's store. If anyone <laughs> listening to this is local to like the Woodlawn area of Dartmouth. But anyway, he actually let me exchange the game for something else. And he, he didn't have Twisted Metal, but he had Twisted Metal 2, which uh, I didn't even know <laughs> existed. But that was uh, one of my favorite games ever. That was the game that me and my friends constantly played every time they came over. Uh, a few, I actually asked for that for my birthday, um, a few weeks later and I got it. So that was the crash Bandicoot and twisted metal were what I played a lot of, uh, further down the line. I remember getting mortal Kombat trilogy, which I believe is, uh, the mortal Kombat three like engine, but it has a lot of the characters from two and one. Uh, it, it was probably like the best mortal Kombat game at the time, uh, because it was still 2d and it had like the biggest roster. And what I would do is my cousin, uh, my two cousins, actually, my cousin and his older brother, which is coincidentally also my cousin, uh, I would have sleepovers at their house and they would come to my house all the time. And we would have these like huge, elaborate Mortal Kombat tournaments where we would take every uh, Mortal Kombat character, write their name on a piece of paper, crumple it up and put it in a hat and then like draw like a roster almost. And we would have like a round robin kind of tournament where if you lost the match then that character was was killed off your roster and whoever was standing at the end won we would do that often uh, which is really really fun uh resident evil 2 and silent hill have i have a lot of good memories with those games because uh they were horrifying and uh, i would have like sleepovers with my friends and we would try to like play those games with with and then like not be able to sleep i remember that being really really cool uh, but if I had to pick one game that is the most influential for me for that era, for that time in my life, it would absolutely be Metal Gear Solid. Um, I had alluded to earlier that before the PlayStation, I kind of viewed video games as, uh, as toys, this like the same as toys in terms of like how much I love them and what like kind of like my general thought of what they were. Uh, but playing Metal Gear Solid was the first game that really made me kind of think of video games as like a level above toys like that game was so cinematic it was so like well done i remember like when you had to put the controller on the ground and it vibrates and, and psycho mantis is moving it with his mind or like when it scans your memory card and like tells you like stuff that the game shouldn't know like all those clever things just like blew my like eight-year-old mind so much um that was the game that really made me love video games as a hobby more than anything else that I liked in my life and it hasn't changed since then so that's definitely my favorite game from that era what was my favorite memory uh, I think it's pretty obvious I think getting the PlayStation considering just telling the story like literally made me cry I think uh, that's something that I often look back on it's kind of a parenting uh, uh, it's, it's like a dad move that I hope to incorporate somehow with my own kids because it was uh, such a good lesson and such a good memory. I would never, ever forget that. And uh, yeah, that's definitely my favorite memory from that quarter of my life. Moving on to the next quarter, which brings us to the year 2004. one of the most eagerly awaited video games finally goes on sale. Preparing to rewrite retail history. Video game is expected to have bigger first day revenues than any movie has ever had an opening day at the box office. 
The latest video war, video game war is heating up tonight. Nintendo's GameCube system is about to hit the stores. Far from the Mushroom Kingdom. Among a people enchanted by sunshine. Mario has taken a break from the hopping, the bopping, and saving the princess. All to fulfill his destiny, which is, above all else, to save me. The Legend of Zelda, The Wind Waker. Good afternoon, I'm Donna Gregory. And I'm Heidi Deja. There are waiting lists and tickets just to stand in line and get a chance to buy PlayStation 2. A story of one man's struggle to save mankind from extermination and his quest to win the heart of the woman he loves. And a new miss will be written in the blood of the old. God of War made it him for mature. Just like the Xbox, it is truly the future of video games and I'm very excited to simply be a part of it if you smell what The Rock is cooking. I just got into Xbox Live. I uh, have this really great high-speed connection, and... I need a weapon. There are those who said this day will never come. What are they to say now? Rated M for Mature. 2006. At this point, we have a major platform ducking out of the console race in Sega, and a new challenger stepping up to the plate in Microsoft with its Xbox. We have the dawn of online console gaming, the birth of many of today's most iconic multiplayer games, and console gaming's first foray into high definition. In 2006, what gaming devices did I game on? What was my favorite? And do I remember how I got them? So this second quarter of my gaming life was likely the most defining one of all. It was the quarter in which I first laid eyes on the Xbox, uh, a device that would not only introduce me to my favorite game series of all time, but also be the catalyst in the formation of like my entire friend group for the next decade or more. I remember exactly how I got both consoles. They were both somewhat memorable, to be honest, the story behind them, uh, similar to the PS1. Um, is this normal, by the way? Like, I hope I'm not the only one to have, like, such, like, weird ways in how I obtained these consoles and, like, such vivid memories of, of how that happened. Uh, but anyways, let's start with the Xbox. So it's 2001. Uh, I'm beginning to become a lot more active on the internet, uh, frequently checking out Xbox.com after seeing its uh, reveal, the Bill Gates and the Rock reveal. Uh, I saw that on Electric Playground, again, a show that I watched all the time. Uh, checking in every single day on Xbox.com uh, for new game trailers. Uh, I was like 100% bought in on the hype. Um and after the financial kind of undertaking my family uh, went through in order to get me that PS1, there was likely no chance of them buying an Xbox. So I decided to do the mature thing and I got a paper route that paid me $30 bi-weekly. And it was a 90 house route, which uh, I had to do in one trip with two bags on my shoulders. It was like a billion pounds because I didn't want to make two trips because obviously that would cut in to my gaming time way too much. And I also had like homework and stuff, all that stuff to do. Um, I 
may have spent a little of that money on the way if you do the math in $30 biweekly. But by June 2002, I had around $200 saved. And also right around that time, the Xbox actually had a price cut, which brought it down to $299 Canadian. Then one day on the way home from school, I get off the bus and I start walking home with my friends, you know, shooting the shit. Uh, I believe it was a Friday. And we we're probably talking about like RuneScape or Habit Hotel or whatever. Uh, and I see this like little brown piece of paper just kind of like blowing along the curb. And I pick it up because I thought it was uh, Canadian Tire Money, which for those American listeners who don't know, there's like a home improvement chain in Canada called Canadian Tire. And uh, one of their kind of customer retention methods is they create this fake money called Canadian Tire Money, which you get with all your purchases so that you're forced to come back and spend it on more purchases. Uh, but there is one other brown piece of paper in Canada that kind of looks similar to the Canadian Tire money, and that is a $100 bill, which is what I found on the road. A $100 bill. Keep in mind, this is like 2002, so I'm in grade, I think, 6 or 7, and I found a $100 bill. So obviously... I sprint home as fast as I can, like basically kick the door in, run up to my dad who happened to be home that day, freaking out. I tell him we have to go to Future Shop right now. I just found $100. Now I have $300. I have enough for the Xbox. We got to go. And he's like, you don't have enough for the Xbox. Like there's tax. I was like, what are you talking about? What is tax? And then he goes and explains what tax is. And I realize how shitty it is uh, <laughs> to be an adult. So, uh, he feels really bad at this point because he can clearly tell that I just like died a little inside. So he agrees to pay the tax, but we have to go to the bank first so they can inspect this magical $100 bill and make sure it's actually real. So we go to the bank. It checks out. I withdraw the rest of my money from my account, give, give $300 to my dad, and we're on the road to Future Shop. Future Shop, by the way, is basically like the Canadian version of Best Buy. Uh, which doesn't exist anymore. It's just only Best Buy in Canada now, but Future Shop used to be the shit. I remember actually going there and playing the Fusion Frenzy demo uh, every single chance I could. My dad was actually an appliance sales rep, so he would frequently have to go to Future Shop because they sold appliances as well. And I would tag along whenever I could so I can go to the game section and play the demos of uh, the Xbox, which most of the time was Fusion Frenzy. Uh, sometimes it was Oddworld, Munch's Odyssey, but I just like was so obsessed. I would literally listen to him talk about fridges and stoves and stuff just for the opportunity to be able to play a kiosk of an Xbox for like 10, 15 minutes or whatever. Anyways, we go to a future shop. The sales guy starts trying to upsell my dad and he's buying into all of it. They're, he's they're talking about like uh, optical audio and component video and all this stuff. And he buys all the bells and whistles, the DVD add-on. He was a really big into home theater stuff. So we get all this stuff at the Xbox, uh, actually came with uh, Jet Set Radio Future and Sega GT. It was that uh, bundle disc. And uh, I tell him, like, we have to invite my friend Josh over to have a sleepover. Like, this has to happen, uh, even though I only had uh, only had one controller. But it didn't matter. So uh, we, we go home. On the way home, actually, since it's Friday, and my family always stopped to rent a movie. And I convinced him to rent uh, a video game as well. I think he might have had a coupon, to be honest. And we get Halo. So I have Jet Set Radio Future. Sega GT 2002 and Halo Combat Evolved. Um, and you can actually rent uh, controllers, which uh, was weird, but you could do that. And we rented a controller and my friend came over and we literally just killed Halo. We beat the whole campaign that night and the following morning on like probably easier normal. Wasn't anything impressive. But yeah, that's how I got the Xbox, which is pretty memorable for me. 
um, because it was the first console I had owned with four controller ports, uh, it was a really huge hit uh, at my house. All my friends actually had PlayStation 2s, which had the two controller ports, unless you had like the multi-tap. So we would always go to my house and play four-player games if we could. Uh, I remember that Christmas I got Splinter Cell, which uh, I thought would be like the next Metal Gear Solid. And that was like the my first game that I was like kind of blown away with. I remember constantly like in the first level, there's like these like curtains uh, that are like medical curtains that you can like walk through and the physics will react to you pushing the material around. I remember doing that, like walking back and forth all the time and being like, oh my God, video games will literally never look better than this. This is insane. Uh, Splinter Cell ended up not being... The next Metal Gear uh, in terms of its story or its campaign, but uh, when Pandora Tomorrow came out, uh, I had I had Xbox Live, which I believe I got Xbox Live for my birthday uh, the following year, so early 2003. Uh, and my Xbox Live, uh, I had the starter kit, so I had Mech Assault, and it actually came, I believe, with NFL 2K3 uh, as well, which I think that was kind of like taking a jab at EA because Madden wasn't on xbox live at the beginning but anyway uh first time playing xbox live was a huge memory as well i remember um playing mech assault like with my dad in, in the room with my headset on on mute and like having to take the headset off like every five minutes be like oh my god dad these guys they're talking people are talking he's like yeah of course they're talking now play the game you're gonna you're gonna lose and whatnot i remember i i remember my first game ever in 2k3 i was playing against another kid who was probably the same age as me and he was basically in the same doing the same exact thing he probably got it for christmas or or like very recently and he was uh playing with his dad in the room as well i could tell because he he didn't know how to mute the mic so he kept telling his dad what play he was going to run like he kept running the flea flicker if you if you're a football fan you, you know what that is but anyway uh i obviously know how to stop a flea flicker if i know it's coming and because he kept saying he was going to do it i kept sacking him and i'm i don't know why but that memory is stuck with me forever which is really really fun uh, other games that really stood out with my Xbox original was uh, Blood Omen 2, Breakdown, Morrowind, which is like takes the crown for my most rented game of all time. I've never even come close to beating that game despite probably playing for 200 hours. Uh, Splinter Cell, like I said, Pandora Tomorrow was the first multiplayer game that I was like 100% hooked in. Spies vs. Merc was was incredible. I, can't, I They really need to bring that series back. Uh, GTA Vice City, like I said, my friends all had PlayStation, so I was very jealous of uh, of them having like GTA 3 and, and Vice City. When the double pack finally came out, I, I was so hyped to get that. I still have it actually with the Chrome like box, the book, the special edition, whatever it came in. Anyway, if you if you know might know what I'm talking about if you had it for Xbox. Uh, Fusion Frenzy, of course, Phantom Dust, which is extremely overrated. Prince of Persia was was probably the precursor to uh, the current Assassin's Creed games. And that was really, really awesome. And then of course, uh, Halo, my favorite game series of all time. Although at first Halo combat evolved, uh, it was just kind of like an awesome one and done kind of single player experience for me. Like once I beat it and rented it from blockbuster and beat it with my friend, like I returned it and I never played it again uh, for a little while, probably until the summer of 2004, which is a, a massively important year for me. So essentially, uh, up until 2004, uh, I had been living in Ontario. I went through grades five, six, seven, eight, and nine, 
with like the same friend groups. Like I said, a lot of them had PlayStations, but by this point they all have Xboxes. They've been converted because like, Hey, like all the, the games that I had had and the fun that we had had on sleepovers, stuff like that. But my family was actually moving to a different province where I was and I was basically moving there on day one of high school. So, um, not cool to be honest, <laughs> starting high school from scratch with zero friends, but I did have uh, a cousin that would be going to the same school as me in Nova Scotia where I was moving to. So I at least had one friend, but he didn't have an Xbox yet. He, he had a PlayStation as well. However, his neighbor did have an Xbox and this kind of connection is where everything starts. So I'll, I'll tell a little story here. Hopefully it doesn't go on for too long. So my cousin neighbor he has an xbox uh and his father is is also a big gamer and they play halo all the time his father has a bunch of friends as well they're all adults obviously and they would get together at uh, an office that one of them had worked at and they would play system link halo all the time and sometimes they would go to uh my cousin's neighbor's friends like his basement as well to play there and it just so happened I had visited my cousin the summer before moving there and uh, they were doing a system link of Halo in their basement. And at this point in time in my life, like I have played online games like Splinter Cells, something I played all the time, um, but I hadn't really played much in terms of uh, first person shooters. And I definitely have not played Halo anything more than just like 1v1 split screen PvP. And what these guys were doing was like four boxes, 16 player uh, system link multiplayer. And I thought at this point, I thought I'm pretty good at video games, to be honest. I think I, I think I played Halo on normal, but uh, I could probably have played it on heroic. Like I'm not, I'm pretty good at video games. Like, don't get me wrong. I think pretty highly of my skills. I go to that system link and I get completely dominated more than I've ever been dominated in my entire life. I think I probably got five kills like the entire night. Like, like probably like 20, 30 matches. And I never had more fun in my entire life ever. And it was incredible. So I instantly become friends with my cousin, obviously, and then his neighbor. Uh, but there was um, the, this connection with Halo kind of goes deeper. So my friend's uh, father's group of friends, one of them is a real estate agent who... Uh, always, for some reason, like traditionally always goes to this, uh, to Eastside Mario's <laughs> for wing night or whatever. Uh, I promise this will all loop back. So he goes to Eastside Mario's all the time for wing night. Right. And he always has like the same waiter who happens to always work that same shift. And like, they talk all the time cause he's always there. And obviously waiters try to, you know, talk to the people that they're patrons or whatever to try to probably try to increase their tip. Like that's why they, you know, they just try to be as friendly as possible. Anyways, they start chatting about random stuff and eventually like halo comes up. It turns out this waiter also plays a lot of halo with his friends. And then they start talking about how they do system links. The, the, like my friend's dad's friend, I'll just use a name so it's more clear. So his name's Andy, right? And the waiter's name's Pat. So they, Andy and Pat are talking about Halo. And then they, they kind of, Andy talks about system links, which sounds really cool to Pat. And he invites Pat to go. And Pat asks if his friends can come to make there have there be more players, right? So they agree. And they're going to have a system link uh, with Andy and all his friends, which is my neighbor's or my cousin's neighbor's dad's friends group. And then Pat and his friends will use... I don't think I have to name all of them, but there's a few of them. One of them's name is Alex, and he has a younger brother named Evan, who's actually my age. 
at this point I'm probably like 12, 13 or no, sorry. Uh, probably like 14, 15. So Evan wants to tag along with his brother to the system link and they all kind of meet up and play Halo. Now it turns out that Evan has a friend named Brian who is in the same class as my cousin, Jamie. Eventually all this stuff starts to connect and I end up going to high school like before I even start on my first day of high school in uh, grade 10, I'm instantly already friends with my cousin, his neighbor, Evan, whose brother met my neighbor's friends, my neighbor's dad's friend, Andy, working at Eastside Mario's all of Evan's brother's friends. And then Evan also had his friends that he had in elementary or uh, junior high uh, who also play Halo. And now I have this huge like 20 person friend group in Halo before I even start my first day of high school where my number one fear was that I wasn't going to have any friends because I had just left them all in Ontario. That was probably extremely confusing. And I'm sorry, I, I, I should probably like write this story down so I can tell it more coherently. But TLDR my entire group of friends was pre-made in Halo before I even started my first day at my new high school in a new city in a new town, which is a pretty big deal. And to top this all off, Halo 2 was like around the corner. It was coming out November of that year, which was a massive deal, obviously. But I'll talk about that a little bit later. Let's move on to the Xbox 360. So if you thought I was hyped for the original Xbox, uh, this took things to like a whole new level. I was like 14, 15 ish when the marketing cycle, uh, I think it would have been 15. Yeah. 2005 when the marketing cycle really began to kick off. And I literally, I feel like I've never wanted anything more in my life at this point than an Xbox 360. I remember torrenting like a French gameplay demo of perfect dark zero because YouTube was like not a thing at that point and like losing my mind at how high res the textures on like the floor and the wall were that's something that i never cared about up until this point um and at this point my family like after doing the move and stuff like that was kind of in a better state financially at least i think they were like as as far as i know they were uh, like as far as a 15 year old would know and uh yeah obviously i asked i asked for it for christmas and my dad you know kind of hemmed and hawed and pulled the old like you already got an xbox at home meme like on me uh, and I kind of played along knowing full well that like, I'm definitely going to get this for Christmas. Like, come on. Like at this point I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Like with the PS one and everything. Um, he, he did make me kind of like prove like why I would need an Xbox, uh, 360 over the one I already had, which like resulted in like me doing this like Bristol board presentation on why the 360 is so much better than the original Xbox, which honestly came in handy down the road as like long before I became a software developer, I was in retail sales for a long time. And that was kind of like my first time having to like sell something, I guess, which, uh, which, yeah, I mean, it did come in handy later on down the road, but Christmas came and I didn't get one because they were literally sold out everywhere. But my dad didn't want to tell me that cause he still wanted to kind of string me along with this whole, like, Oh, you, we can't get it for you there. You're not getting it. Blah, blah, blah. Like this type of thing. Um, and I was pretty sad, to be honest. Uh, my friend had got one, though. And uh, I remember sprinting in the snow, like, down the street. This is the same friend whose dad plays Halo and, like, started this whole, like, friend group connection. He had gotten one. And I just remember sprinting to his house. Like, we are downloading every single demo. Uh, I remember playing Perfect... Or he was playing Perfect Dark because, like, <laughs> I mean, you're not going to share your controller with your friend on your new console you just got on Christmas Day, right? But I was watching him play and was, like, blown away. 
and then uh, and then my dad's kind of like backup plan in and how I was gonna get a Xbox kind of came to fruition. So essentially, where he worked, they do like a holiday. They had like a holiday party where they had like a, an Xbox 360 there and like a TV, and they had kind of like food and everything, and people were just kind of mingling and whatnot. Um, but after the party, they were auctioning off all the stuff at the party. And because like all of, of the people that he worked with um, were like older, they didn't care about video games and the ones that had kids, like their kids were older and they probably would just buy their own video games and whatnot. He was basically bidding against himself on a brand new Xbox 360 with Project Gotham Racing 3, Madden and Madden 06. Um, but like my birthday had already passed at this point and Christmas had already passed at this point. So like, he had to try to figure out, he wasn't just going to bring it into my room and be like, here you go. Like he wanted to do something a little bit sneaky, I guess. So I'm actually, uh, my friend came over from after school, Keith, and we're just like uh, uh, playing original Xbox in, in the basement or whatever. And my dad yells for me to come upstairs to like take in the groceries. Um, and I was like, okay, like why can't you do it? Like I have company, like this is a little bit weird, but okay. So then Keith comes upstairs because he doesn't want to just sit in the basement alone. And he's sitting in my living room near the door and I'm bringing in all these groceries and Keith is just sitting there. And every time I come in the room, he's like looking at me weird. And I'm like, what? Okay. He's probably just pissed that I'm bringing in these groceries and not like, like entertaining my company, I guess. So anyway, I get the final uh, groceries bag in the house and I sit down on the couch next to Keith. And then he's like, kind of like, nodding his head in a certain direction and then i look on the chair beside where he's sitting and there's like there's a fucking xbox 360 sitting on it i like lose my shit and he's like dude it was here the whole time every time you brought a grocery bag in it was sitting right beside me why like how did you not see this anyway like it wasn't i didn't like burst into tears or anything like before but i pretty much just like picked the box up and like never ran downstairs faster in my life um i remember every time i like the original xbox 360s actually came with a like a mini version of the of the universal like remote and every time i booted the xbox on like keith had taken the remote out of the box and he would turn the xbox off with the remote so i thought my xbox was broken for like 20 minutes which was like devastating but it was like pretty epic troll i don't know if he remembers that or not um but yeah I remember getting the trading in literally all my Xbox Xbox original games for Perfect Dark Zero, which was a huge mistake because Perfect Dark Zero wasn't the best game ever. And I had to rebuy all those games at like outlandish prices when they became rare. Uh, I remember I still don't have Conquer Live and Reloaded, which I probably traded in for like 20 bucks. And now that game costs like 80 bucks, which sucks. But uh, yeah, the 360 was really, really awesome. I remember being blown away by the fact that you can... I had alluded to this earlier, but being able to actually download a game demo was mind-blowing. I used to have to like beg for the odd Xbox official Xbox magazine every now and then because I wanted the demo disc. And the fact that you could just download them on the marketplace was like pretty mind-blowing. I downloaded every single demo that came out, uh, every single free arcade game trial I, I tried, no matter what the game was. I was. It was just like the concept of doing that at the time was just so mind-blowing. Of course, that's uh, the spawn of my addiction to achievements. I remember looking up that an NBA 2K6 achievements were like super, super easy. So I remember renting that from Blockbuster like within a month after getting the Xbox specifically for the achievements. So like that addiction was like instant. 
at the time, like all of your friends are kind of getting a 360 around the same time. So it's like competing with them and with Gamerscore was like really relevant at that point. And I was addicted, addicted to that. But honestly, the game I played the most on that console was, was Halo 2, to be honest. Um, that was my favorite game by like a long shot. And it was my friend's favorite game by a long shot as well. Uh, it ran a little bit better on the 360 and back combat. And yeah, I mean, I, I definitely enjoyed Ghost Recon, Advanced Warfighter, definitely enjoyed Perfect Dark for what it was. I remember the Condemned Criminal Origins demo was horrifying and I played that a few times through. But it wasn't until near the end of 2006 where I feel like the next generation really started. And that was with the launch of, uh, of Gears of War. That game was the first game to really, like, Perfect Dark, like I said, the textures and stuff like that was really impressive. And I was, like, obsessed with, like, kind of looking at all the enhancements that you're getting with like a game like that over the original Xbox. But Gears of War was just, like, an evolution of everything. Like, the, the graphics were mind-blowing. Uh, there hadn't been a game like that that did cover shooting the same way, which was, like, really, really cool. <laughs> I remember uh, being over at Kane's house, which is um, my cousin's neighbor, and we were playing Gears of War and his mom at the time like was uh, she wasn't like obviously she let all of her kids play video games and let them play like M rated video games like Halo. Uh, but Gears, if you played it, is like kind of like takes that M rating to the extreme and she didn't really like like ob like obscene violence. And like I remember her coming downstairs maybe being like, hey, look at this and then chainsawing somebody in half and look at this and curb stomping a guy. And then uh, <laughs> she had she took the game away from Kane for a little while until her dad his dad convinced her to let him have it again, which was kind of funny in in hindsight. But uh, but yeah, Gears of War was definitely the the thing that really made me feel like I was playing the next generation of video games. And yeah, that's kind of it for for 2006. That was. Uh, the Xbox 360 had only been out, or I've only, I only had it for about a year, uh, at the end of 2006. So I don't have too much to talk about that right now. I'm sure I'll be talking about that a lot in the next segment, but finally, what was my favorite memory of 2006? Um, so in the, in the moment, like back in the day, back in that time, my favorite memory would probably have to be the launch of Halo 2. It was such a big moment in the industry, uh, so big that it was actually like mentioned in my like yearbook for that year. Uh, I remember it, it, it was something that was actually on the news, like the 11 o'clock news that my parents watched. And that news coverage of like how insane the launch was, like how many people were standing in line, how much money it was making, like how big of a deal it was, that was enough to actually convince my dad to... Um, actually buy me a brand new game that wasn't for like my birthday or for Christmas, which is the first and only time that has ever happened where someone had bought me a game that wasn't a gift for like my birthday or, or graduation or, you know, like Christmas, stuff like that. It was just out of the blue, bought it for me, which was pretty mind blowing. And then booting it up and like using matchmaking for the first time was kind of mind blowing. Like that whole like day or two uh, would probably have been my best memory in the moment, but looking back now, uh, in 2021, my favorite memory from that era <laughs> is kind of a, a funny story that happened shortly after Halo 2 came out. So I had talked earlier about this huge friend group of 20 or so people that 
was brought together like through Halo and System Links. And obviously we all played Halo 2 as well. And in Halo 2, you could form a clan where it would like you'd have uh, you could play clan matches against other clans and then your clan would have a rank attributed to it. So at this point in time, like us being the, the younger kids, like the 15 or so year olds, 14, 15 year olds, we're probably the worst players at this point right now we're probably the best so like things did change around but at that time we were the worst and the best was like the middle people the people that like the wait waiters friend group pat and and alex and those guys those were the best and then like the uh the older guys like my friend kane's dad and all his friend andy the guy the real estate agent and whatnot they were probably like the middle tier players uh, and we were all in this clan together called Nova Scotia Killers, which was really cringe, but I think it was intended to be cringe. So it's not that cringe. But anyway, so we're in this clan and the only people that are supposed to play the ranked games to get the level up are those middle people, middle, middle in age people. And which is fine. Like we, we kind of like accepted that. Um, and, and they played, I think they got to like level 20 or so. And they were like really like trying to push, uh, the ranks. This was early on too. Like they probably would have got a lot higher if, when, if they kept going. Um, and also because they were really obsessed with like this, this performance and, and getting the clan rank up, uh, you could also, which was kind of new for games at the time, you could go on bungie.net and view all your game history and kind of see how people did. And, and they would frequently do that as well, especially in their downtime when they weren't playing. Like I did that. Everybody did that. Bungie.net was like a really kind of huge thing that I think was really underrated, and something that a lot of games uh, utilize now, like online stat tracking and stuff like that. So a couple months go by and like the kids of the group, like me and all my friends in, in grade uh, 10, we kind of feel like we're getting better. We kind of feel like we're ready to play a clan match. Uh, so we asked them like in a, in a Xbox message if we could play clan matches and they say, no, <laughs> don't play any clan matches. And we're just like, okay. Uh, we won't, and then obviously we did. We played one clan match, and we got completely destroyed. It was like fifty to like twelve. It was a, it was a nightmare, and we just we quit the game. We're like, no one ever talk about this. No one say this to anybody. We never played this match, whatever. Because I think we also deranked them by one rank as well. Because because they must have just been on the cusp of of deranking. But anyway, it doesn't matter if we didn't tell anybody because they seen it on bungie.net the next day and when i log into halo the next day after school all of us are kicked out of the clan and all of the adults like the the people that weren't even playing clan matches like uh kane's dad and andy all those guys they're all kicked out of the clan as well like one of the clan leaders who wasn't really super close with us uh, he saw that these random people that he doesn't know are playing clan matches, losing and deranking the clan. So he just did like a, a, a exodus of everyone that wasn't his like friend. And I was just like, oh my God, like what? So I like, I run to my cousin's house. We all actually live on the same street, me and my cousin and Kane. And I tell him that we're kicked out of the clan. He doesn't believe me. He checks and he is. And so is Kane's. We run to Kane's house and, and we tell him again, he doesn't believe us. And he, he checks and we're all like freaking out. And then Kane's dad gets home from work 
And we're like, yo, they kicked everyone out of the clan. He's like, what? And then he logs in, checks. He calls his friends. He's like, what's going on? What try? Like, they're literally like, we're in the kitchen of Kane's house. Everyone's losing their mind trying to figure out what happened. Like, like Kane's dad's calling Andy and telling Andy to call Pat. At, he's like, he signed Mario's or whatever. Pat doesn't know what happened yet because he's working. And then like, everyone is just freaking out trying to get to the bottom of this. And we find out which person did it. And then they decide to, uh, uh, invite us all back but only if we accept getting the rank of peon which is like means we can't do anything in the clan we're just like there for nothing and uh all this drama erupts over it which at the time was like i was pretty mad but um looking back it's obviously like hilarious uh the older guys say no and then because they said no, we said no. So then the older guys made their own clan called the Bearded Clan. And we made a clan called NSK Juniors, which we grinded the hell out of and actually got to a higher rank than the original NSK clan, which meant nothing because they honestly just stopped playing clan matches because they didn't really care. We we were like the only ones that actually really cared. Like we thought it was a big deal, which it, in hindsight, it wasn't at all. But I think that the fact that somebody kicking us out of a clan in halo 2 on original xbox could cause such a mass mass like panic and like and like like there was like a council meeting in in kane's kitchen to try to get to and like an investigation to try to get to the bottom of this like emails are being sent and phone calls are being made it was pretty much it was pretty chaotic and it's honestly hilarious when you look back in time um Today, like the person that kicked us all out of the clan, like we're all friends with him now. Like everything's cool. Like no enemies were made or anything like that. But I think that was my favorite memory just because of how hilarious it was. But yeah, that was the second quarter of my life. That was a little bit longer than the first quarter because I had to cover kind of two console generations and I just kept talking and talking and talking. Next up is 2014, which is the third quarter of my gaming life. like to play. Do you have what it takes to wield the sword? The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. My past is not a memory. What's past is prologue. Albion. A land bursting with life, beauty and light. Its people unaware of the darkness that awaits them. In darkness, a doom sweeps the land. These are the closing days of the third era and the final hours of my life. You're competing with a psychopathic war criminal for a mythological gemstone? I killed people, smuggled people, sold people. When you put it that way, it does sound pretty stupid. Yeah, thanks for the input, Jeff. I know what this nation I will give you justice. You are all of you vermin. Tomorrow we launch the greatest military campaign in our history. Your world will burn until its surface is but glass. Cocky bastard just loves to run his mouth. I didn't come here to run from the Hellcast. Order the attack! Shipmaster, they'll number us three to one. Then it is an even fight. Where are we going? Finish what we started! Master Chief, you mind telling me what you're doing on that ship? Sir, 
finishing this fight. 2014. After some surprising results with Microsoft's first jump into the console market with the original Xbox, they were firing on all cylinders with the Xbox 360, essentially tying the PlayStation 3 who was the market leader when all was said and done with that generation. But Nintendo was the real champion who took a more unique approach that captivated almost the entire world it seemed with the Nintendo Wii and its motion controls. The dawn of the digital age was about to come in full swing with this next generation of consoles, although this time Sony was the clear front runner. In this third quarter of my life, I mean I'm continuing to play Xbox 360 a lot. I actually, in that time, had also built a gaming PC uh, specifically for Diablo 3 and StarCraft 2. Uh, I even started dabbling in World of Warcraft, which was pretty cool, as it's something I always had wanted to do. See, back in 2004, uh, my dad's computer could probably have run World of Warcraft, but there was no way I was going to convince my parents to pay for Xbox Live and a World of Warcraft subscription. And since all of my friends had Xboxes, I had to make a hard choice. I mean, I don't for one second regret that choice, but I'll, I always would wonder what it would have been like to have played World of Warcraft from day one, as it's easily one of the most iconic games of all time. Uh, I also got an Xbox One at launch. At this point, uh, I'm technically an adult. It's 2013. I think I'm 23 at this point, and uh, I can kind of just buy whatever I want. Uh, so going forward, the stories of how I get my gaming consoles are definitely not going to be as exciting as they were when I was younger. Uh, but for this, in this case, I did stand in line at midnight to pick one up, which was a great experience. And one of the last times, honestly, that I was able to do that as the dawn of the digital age was approaching. Um, I would say, though, at this point in this like kind of quarter of my life, if I had to pick a favorite device to game on, it would probably still be the Xbox 360. Uh, it's just, it's where all my friends played for the most part. And I just had like this quarter kind of encompasses that whole generation for the most part. And I just had so many great experiences with so many amazing games. What were my favorite games on the Xbox 360 and why? Uh, the 360 was great because it did have, it had great multiplayer games, but it also had really, really great single player games. Um, a lot of my memories with the original Xbox come from Xbox Live multiplayer or split-screen multiplayer, although there was definitely some good uh, single-player games as well. But the 360 kind of had a really good balance of both. Uh, for multiplayer, there's obvious candidates out there for like amazing experiences. Gears of War 1, 2, and 3 were fantastic. I even kind of like Judgment a little bit. Uh, Halo 3, Halo Reach, and, and Halo 4. Uh, the early days of Call of Duty with Modern Warfare, Modern Warfare 2. I think that series in general, especially Modern Warfare, Modern Warfare 2, inspired a lot of people to play games uh, more competitively, uh, especially online with their friends, which was a huge impact on the, on the industry, especially on the Xbox side of things, uh, at least in my experience. Uh, some kind of like sleeper multiplayer games. I had a lot of fun with Left 4 Dead, uh, but I also want to give a special shout out to Shadowrun. Uh, I think that was an asymmetrical multiplayer game um, in the Shadowrun universe. I think that game was way ahead of its time, and I think if it released today, it would be a hit in my opinion. Uh, but like I said, unlike the original Xbox era, uh, I have a lot of really, really amazing memories playing single player games on the Xbox 360. 
the first one that comes to mind is uh, Oblivion, which was a mind-blowing experience at the time. That game really showcased the the power leap um, from the original Xbox to the 360. If you compare Morrowind to Oblivion, uh, I remember like getting that game at launch and being in a party chat with my friend because at the time party chats was just one on one one to one convos. You couldn't get into like a a multi-person party. I think they were not even called party chat. I think it was called private chat. It was basically just like a phone call. But I was in one with my friend and we started the game at the exact same time because we wanted to kind of like, like if we found something, we wanted to tell one another, et cetera, like find any secrets. And we both kind of finished the tutorial near the same time and we counted down and we both pressed like A to like enter the, the world and leave the sewer. And I remember both of us just like gasping and, and being like so amazed by this amazing like huge landscape that you see when you first uh get out of this the the sewers and see Cyrodiil and and the fact that you can just walk to any of these places was kind of like a mind-blowing experience where a lot of games up until that point were a lot more linear uh Bioshock was also kind of an early 360 title I think it was 2008 and that's one of my favorite games of all time uh the twist in that game which I won't spoil if you haven't played it is the first time that I ever had like a jaw completely detached moment while playing a video game. Uh, I think Dead Space is one of the best survival horror games of all time and desperately needs a remaster. That uh, Resident Evil 4 was kind of like the the white whale, the game that I had seen people play on GameCube uh, at my friend's house, but I never got to play myself. And I always kind of was wanting that type of game. It did come to 360 as a remaster, I think, down the road. And I did play it again on Xbox One, but... I never had it at that point, and Dead Space was the closest thing to it. And at the time, I, I thought it was even better. And I still think it's pretty close. Dead Space is one of the best survival horror games of all time, in my opinion. Uh, and then there's like the huge juggernaut that is Mass Effect. Um, that was probably the most ambitious thing I had ever seen uh, at the time of its launch. It was, and it's still one of the most captivating universes ever. I think it, honestly, I think it actually rivals Star Wars at this point, and it could really get to that level if, if the next Mass Effect uh, takes off and they start kind of pumping up more of those titles. It's just a really well-developed universe. Uh, I had mentioned Gears of War, my multiplayer games, uh, but I would say, honestly, the story mode, the story of Marcus and Dom, uh, throughout that trilogy was really, really incredible. I, I honestly might think I'm going to flip flop on this over time, but I think it's, it's, it's definitely equal to the story told in throughout Halo one to three. Uh, I'm not sure exactly which one's better, but on it, on the right day, I would probably say that, uh, that gears of war trilogy was, was really awesome. It had some really heartfelt moments, really awesome antagonists and obviously really awesome heroes. Very, very good. Um, and one more I wanted to mention that's possibly like the most underrated action game of all time, to be honest, is uh, John Woo's Stranglehold. Uh, I think it's like kind of a, it feels to me like it's a spiritual successor to Max Payne. And it's honestly one of the most satisfying third person shooters that you can play, like doing the, the slow-mo dives that you are accustomed to in Max Payne, but also like riding on the, on the food carts and shooting. And it's just, oh man, if you can find a way to play that game, I highly recommend it. What was my favorite memory uh, from that era, that quarter of my life? Uh, I'm going to cheat for a second here, and I'm going to briefly just talk about my favorite, uh, let's call it gaming adjacent memory, and that's actually watching Netflix on the Xbox 360. Um, I don't know if if you guys are super familiar with the old way that Netflix apps used to work. It's They actually used to 
um, have the platform holder develop the app for Netflix. Like they would provide uh, access to the streaming service and then the platform holder, like in this case, Xbox, they would develop their own app. And then they thought it was a good idea to have the platform holders compete for who has the best app and whatnot. Eventually they switched to a model where it's more unified and every app on every platform is the same. Uh, but in this case, before that happened, Microsoft made their own Netflix app and it was amazing. The kick or the key to it was that when you watched a movie, your Xbox Live avatar would actually sit in a theater and the movie would be played on a theater screen with your avatar there. And you could invite a friend to join with you if they were also a Netflix subscriber and you could watch the movie together in sync with your avatars in the theater. And in Canada anyway, when Netflix first came out, it didn't really have a lot of, uh, let's say, premium content. There was a lot of like... Uh, B movies, let's say a lot of like grungy horror movies, like poultry guys, like trauma films. And me and my friends would watch all those horrible movies together in party chat all the time. And it was one of my favorite memories from the 360. But for real, I'll talk about an actual gaming memory. Um, I talked a lot about the awesome games on the Xbox 360. And as a collector, my 360 library is probably the library I'm most proud of. But my favorite memory was not actually a Xbox 361. It was a, an Xbox One memory. And it was the first time that I played a specific game or a specific game series. Uh, and that, a series that would end up being my most played series to date. And that is Destiny. I talked earlier about how I had to make a choice in 2004 uh, whether to get Halo and Xbox Live or get World of Warcraft and subscribe to World of Warcraft. And like I said, well, Warcraft had always been in the back of my mind and dabbling it with it uh, at this point on that PC that I had built, it was really fun, but it even kind of made that feeling of what if kind of even stronger because at this point I'm jumping into World of Warcraft at I think the Mist of Pandaria expansion, which I think is the uh, fourth expansion, fourth or fifth expansion. So I'm like, like the game's been around for almost 10 years at this point. So I'm jumping in very late. And I, that feeling of what if I was there from day one was just like stronger and stronger. And to me, Destiny was a way to get in on the ground floor of something like that. Like I thought that Destiny would be able to um, kind of reach that level of, of uh, popularity that World of Warcraft have has. Sorry. And uh it being developed by Bungie, the developers of my favorite game series of all time, it was kind of like the perfect storm. Um, it was, and it and it still is, the only game outside of Halo that really kind of galvanized my entire friend group and got us all playing together again because uh, we had all kind of drifted into various other games after Halo Reach kind of died out and Halo Force multiplayer wasn't the, the best at launch anyway. Uh, but Destiny is what brought us all back together. It was the first like killer app, in my opinion, for the next-gen consoles. Um, I, I honestly can't remember a more kind of incredible feeling uh, that I had playing a game than when we finally, after so many attempts, killed Atheon, uh, the, the final boss of the game of Destiny's first raid. I think Destiny like has obviously has its flaws. It has like a 60 or something on Metacritic for a reason. But in my eyes, and honestly in the eyes of a lot of my friends, and honestly a lot of people that, that still play Destiny to this day, I think that Destiny 1, Vanilla, 
uh, was a masterpiece. And, and playing that game with my friends is the best part about that entire era of my life, even though it I only had played it for a few months at that point near the tail end of the third quarter. Which brings us to the final quarter, uh, the present day. This is my favorite part. Exciting. Eyes up, Guardian. It worked. You're alive. You're going to see a lot of things you won't understand. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Game Awards. Fuck the Oscars, you know? <laughs> Fuck the Oscars! And the winner for Game of the Year 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020 is... It's Bugs Ladies and gentlemen, introducing Xbox One. TV and movies? TV. Xbox. Watch TV. Sports. Sports. Sport. Sport. Television. Call of Duty. Call of Duty. Call of Duty. Call of Duty. Hey, you. Finally awake. Today, I'm pleased to announce Xbox One backward compatibility. Project Scorpio will be the next addition to the Xbox One family. Xbox Game Pass, a way to give gamers the ultimate freedom to play. ZeniMax has an amazing track record of building great games. Next holiday, Xbox Series X will lead us into the future of console gaming. I think you are now ready, ready to hear what happened 100 years ago. So, present day, the eighth generation of consoles was highlighted by Sony's unrelenting release of blockbuster after blockbuster. Nintendo's complete and utter shakeup and dominance of the handheld market and Microsoft's fall from grace, but also their climb back up, which resulted in one of the biggest disruptions in how we buy games possibly ever with Xbox Game Pass. What devices did I game on? What were my favorite games? And do I remember how I got them in this fourth quarter of my life? I played a lot of Xbox One and I also got a PS4 and I built a second gaming PC. The Xbox One I had already had for at the start of this quarter. My uh, girlfriend got me a PlayStation 4 for Christmas in 2016. And I had just started a new career towards the end, uh, I believe 2017, uh, as a software developer. And uh, I'm working now in an office full of gamers who primarily game on PC, uh, which is what inspired me to build that uh, new gaming computer. 
which is significantly better than the one I had before. In terms of what was my favorite platform to play on, uh, this is probably the hardest question of this entire interview. Um, Xbox had been my primary game console for, at, at this point, like 15 years. But... I was at a point in my life where having multiple gaming platforms uh, was more financially viable. And to be honest, we're entering now kind of the dark time, <laughs> for lack of a better word, for Xbox. Uh, the incredible experiences that I was used to getting from them, uh, from the heavy hitters like Halo and Gears, uh, to the shot in the dark type games like Shadowrun or Halo Wars, uh, big third-party exclusives like the original Mass Effect, and like the, the random uh, games that we would get from Japan, like Lost Odyssey and Blue Dragon, all of that kind of seemed to to stop almost. Uh, they did release some really awesome games. I want to give them credit for that. But it wasn't, it didn't feel like they were, uh, I don't want to say trying as hard because they probably were still trying very hard, but they just weren't hitting like they used to. And... For the first time, I felt like I just was going to try something else. And that's where the PS4 comes in. Uh, the PS4's game release cadence, in my opinion, uh, was like inhuman. There might have been, it might have had a slow start, but I didn't jump in until the end of 2016. So if there was a slow start, I definitely would have missed that. Um, when I started, it felt like honestly, anywhere from like multiple times per month in some cases, uh, to at least once a quarter. They were constantly releasing a Game of the Year contender as a console exclusive. So because of just the insane quantity and quality of the exclusive games that they offer, uh, I have to say my favorite gaming platform for this final quarter of my life was definitely the PlayStation 4. In terms of what my favorite games on the platform were, like I said, when I jumped into the PlayStation, and keep in mind as well, this is kind of my first real jump, uh, my first real kind of, I guess, attempt at being uh, playing games on PlayStation since the original PlayStation. I had bought a used PS3, and I did dabble in some of the early God of War games and, and the Uncharted games, but... Uh, I just thought they were pretty fun games and it was mostly purchased as a Blu-ray player. Uh, but at this point it's 2016 and uh, the first game I played was Uncharted 4. And at that point, like right off the right out of the gates, it was the most impressive thing I had pretty much ever seen. The Jeep chase sequence in that game is one of the best set pieces like still in all games. Uh, it was just pretty mind blowing to be honest. Um, a few months later, Horizon Zero Dawn came out. Uh, I played that game for only one hour before I had to turn it off and literally go to Best Buy to trade in my PS4 for a PS4 Pro because that game was just incredible. I think, in my opinion, in 2017, that should have won Game of the Year over Breath of the Wild, but that's neither, neither here nor there. Uh, I feel like in 2017, there was like a month as well where like a month, a single month where Nier Automata... Uh, Yakuza Zero and Persona Five all came out within like a, within a couple like a week of each other, or even sometimes a couple days of each other. Like in contrast, those three games are all like at least nines in my opinion. Like you could argue a lot of them are game of the year contenders. I think Persona Five was also was a game of the year contender. They all released like in a, in March, I think 2017, or maybe it was February, and then the and then like a couple weeks later was Horizon. That type of output, like. I don't think that's ever happened for starters and 
that would be that like month and a half was better than like the last two years of Xbox combined from, from my perspective. So I'm kind of blown away at this point. Uh, but then 2018 came and the megaton was dropped and I bought my first ever like non Xbox collector's edition of a game. And that game was God of war, uh, which is today to date, the best single player experience I have ever had in a video game. That game is the most deserving of a 10 out of 10, like in history, in my opinion. There are other 10s, but this is the most deserving, in my opinion. It's it's essentially a perfect game, uh, in my eyes, I should say. And it was absolutely my favorite game on the PS4. So technically, the answer to what my favorite game on my favorite console of this quarter was, uh, technically, that answer is... God of War, but that might not be my favorite game overall, which I think we'll probably talk about uh, in the next question here, which was, or is, what is my favorite gaming memory so far from 2014 to current present times? Okay, so this is the third time, (laughs) and hopefully maybe the final time uh, I'm going to bring this up, but uh, you remember that whole Halo versus World of Warcraft choice thing that I had talked about a lot so far? Well, it turns out that I would be given the opportunity uh, to play World of Warcraft and make the opposite decision that I made back in 2004 and play classic World of Warcraft with everybody else on day one. Uh, and at this point in time, like I said, I'm working in a office as a software developer with a ton of PC gamers who are also interested in starting world of Warcraft, uh, again, from, from the beginning and joining in on world of Warcraft, world of Warcraft classic. And I also had conveniently had just built a really, really powerful gaming computer. So I was ready to jump in and, and correct or not correct, but make the opposite choice, uh, that I made back in 2004. And it was the best, easily the best gaming experience, my favorite gaming memory of of the, this quarter of my life, for sure. Uh, you have like 30 to 40 people all starting, like that I work with, all starting forming a guild and leveling together. That, that game has the best community of any game ever because of how the game forces you to interact with other people. The journey from leveling from 1 to 60 is just insane Uh, it's such a long grind but it really doesn't feel like you're playing for very long because of how engaging the game is and uh i i have really fond memories of of like my group of 10 to 20 friends all like being like very kind of uh hyped and and obsessed about playing halo but with world of warcraft uh i have like like i said a group of like 40 people uh who aren't like just put into lobbies of in groups of four all of us are playing at the same time we have Discord chats with like 10, 15, 20 people all at once, uh, setting up dungeon runs and raids. It, it, it was a fantastic experience. Um, World of Warcraft Classic is probably my most played game since 2014, like since Destiny. And it's something I'm still playing today. The reason why this podcast has <laughs> taken a while to come out is because Burning Crusade Classic, the next expansion in World of Warcraft, has launched recently. And I've been destroying that game putting all my time into it it is easily my favorite gaming memory of this quarter it is my favorite multiplayer game to play right now i wish there was a way to go back in time and convince my parents 
to pay for both subscriptions. I definitely don't wish I picked World of Warcraft over Halo, but World of Warcraft Classic, I should say, is just amazing. And it's my my favorite gaming memory of this final I shouldn't say final quarter. That makes that's kind of morbid. The, of this last uh, kind of uh, stretch of my gaming career and counting, there's a lot more left. I hope, right? <laughs> so there we have it: the entire gaming history of me. Now that we have gone back in time to talk about everything that brought me to this point in my gaming life, let's take a look and see how things have changed. So I have a couple of post quarter questions that I'm going to go through here and answer them myself. First up, did you enjoy video games more in the first quarter of your gaming life or now in the present day? Uh, absolutely. I enjoy them a lot more now. Not that I didn't like them in the beginning, but at that point, like I said in the past or previously, uh, they were almost like another toy on the shelf full of toys that I loved. Uh, they had the same like had the same affection for my Super Nintendo that I did with my Batman animated series Batmobile. So I, I did love them, but they definitely were not at the level uh, that I do now. Uh, right now, I I personally think that video games are the greatest art form on the planet. I think they're the best form of entertainment, full stop, by a large margin. And uh, right now, it's literally my favorite thing, my favorite hobby in the entire world uh, that's not like a living, living human. Obviously, I love my family more than video games, but that's the only thing, really, if I think about it. Did the type of games you enjoy change at all as you grew up? Uh, yeah, I primarily played platformers and fighting games and beat-em-ups uh, in like the first quarter that we when we were talking. Um, and then I kind of transitioned more into shooters like with the original Xbox and Halo in quarter two. Uh, quarter three was really kind of the start of my love for the single-player uh, action-adventure story-driven games. And then eventually I started getting sucked into shared worlds or MMO games. Uh, I would say, honestly, at this point, platformers, beat-em-ups, and fighting games are probably some of my least played games in general. I still play them. I still have a lot of love for Mortal Kombat. Uh, I really enjoy playing the odd indie game, the indie side-scroller, um, or some of those uh, roguelike games. Um, but yeah, I mean, right now it's a lot of MMOs, a lot of shooters, and a lot of single-player adventure games. Did the games you played throughout your life have any major impacts on your life outside of gaming? Uh, yeah, definitely. Most of my time with friends before I had moved uh, at the start of high school was spent gaming together. I've actually kind of uh, been able to rekindle that friendship a little bit with the advent of online gaming after I, I had moved. And Halo, like, single-handedly built my circle of friends for my entire high school career and onward. Uh, some of my oldest friends were made because of uh, our shared love for video games. And even now, as, like, a 30-year-old father of almost two, living in a global pandemic, gaming with my friends at night uh, is really my only, like, strong connection to the world beyond my immediate family. Uh, and it's, it's, yeah, it's a huge part of, uh, of, of, of my 
keeping my like mental state clean is being able to play those games. If I didn't have video games to kind of unwind at the end of every day, uh, I would probably be a lot more stressful of a person, a lot less chill. So it's been very good for my mental health, let's just say. What are some things you are looking forward to as you continue playing games? Things you think could make this list or this type of the of discussion the next time you take a walk like this down memory lane. Uh, it definitely has to be Halo Infinite for me. Uh, Halo has been kind of missing from the limelight for so long, um, at least since 2015 with Halo 5. And as a result, a lot of my like core friend group has kind of fragmented into different games. A lot of people are are playing like like Destiny. A lot of people are playing Warzone. Uh, some people move to PC. Some people move to PlayStation. A lot of people are playing Apex Legends. Like everybody kind of grown into having their own taste for what they like and enjoy playing. And they're all kind of playing in their own little circles. We still like communicate with each other. We're not like abandoning each other or anything like that. But there isn't like a central game that kind of brings us all together. And that really hasn't happened since the original Destiny. And it really wasn't like like a like a very sticky kind of experience where we're all playing the same thing and all playing with each other on the same game that hasn't happened since probably halo 3 and if everything goes right i'm really hoping that halo infinite will be that thing that bomb that drops where everybody drops the kind of island that they're on right now with whatever game they're currently playing and comes back and we all play halo together and potentially um Perhaps if the pandemic ever ends, we can get back to doing some uh, in real life system links because that's some of the best gaming experiences I've ever had. And finally, is it possible after just discussing your entire gaming history, can you pick a favorite game series? Uh, yeah, it's very possible. It's quite easy, actually. And if you've listened this far, it's probably no surprise that the answer to that question is uh, it's obviously Halo. <laughs> uh, it's the first game I played on what would become my favorite platform, which is Xbox. Uh, it's the game responsible for getting me like into first-person shooters in general. I did play GoldenEye, but this was the game that sold me on the genre. And that genre is, is one of my favorites, if not my favorite uh, today. Even when I'm playing single-player games, I really like the, the first-person uh, adventure games like Bioshock and stuff like that. Uh, it's a game series that's responsible for like helping me cope with with leaving all of my friends in Ontario and moving to a new province at the beginning of high school, essentially starting over uh, in terms of, of gaining friends and stuff like that. And uh, it's a game that introduced me to some of my favorite people on Earth. Hell, I even met people in Halo 2 that live in other countries I still talk to to this very day despite never meeting. Uh, to me, it's clearly more than just like an awesome sci-fi shooter, and I don't think that it will ever be dethroned as my favorite game series of all time. Well, that's a wrap on the first interview for Insert Coin, an interview with myself. I hope you enjoyed this. It went a little longer than expected, but it was an extremely cool experience to chat about all of this stuff with myself. <laughs> in the future, though, I will be asking all of these questions uh, to various guests who will guest on the show, which will probably make the show even better. It will create more of a dialogue and it should be a little bit of a better listen, hopefully. 
Anyone who plays games likely has a lot of stories to tell about their experiences with them throughout their lives, and I look forward to hearing some of yours. So if you have any interest in coming on the show for an interview, please let me know. You can reach out on Twitter. DMs are open. Uh, or you can comment below if you're listening to this on YouTube. You can reach out to me on, on Discord or email me at gamepositivemail at gmail.com. Uh, I look forward to hearing from anybody. I want to get a, as many people as I can on here to talk about uh, their gaming history because it's something that I'm very passionate about and very interested in. Also, if you enjoyed listening to this, please feel free to subscribe to get notified when those future episodes do come out. Uh, at this moment in time, there are two interviews planned. One I should be having in the next few days and the other one next week. So don't forget to check that out. Anyways, again, if you made it this far, thank you so much for listening. It really means a lot that you showed an interest in hearing what I have to say about my gaming history. Until next time, remember to have fun out there, and I'll talk to you again real soon. Oh,